Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. But we're looking forward to, to what God is going to do. I'm telling you, I'm excited about this message. And I do want to I, I maybe preface it here so that we can kind of like uh, buckle in a little bit that t- today this message is going to be a little tough, okay? So uh, uh, it, it's going to, I believe that it's going to help us, it's going to shape us uh, in our lives. As you know, we're in this sermon series uh, called Scorekeeper. And uh, what we're talking about is uh, we, want to, we want to allow God to help us to stop keeping score and keeping tally of all of our goodness. How many of you know that it's good to, you're, you're, like mentally, you'll never, you'll never uh, admit this, but mentally you're keeping score all the time, all the good things that you did, the, the different acts that you've performed to, for different people. And so we need God to help us to just kind of remove that stuff out of our lives. And so last week, Pastor Omar talked about forgiveness. My goodness. And overlooking offense. And so uh, we, we have to stop keeping score of all of our hurts and our offenses and all of that. And I believe that even throughout this week that the Holy Spirit has helped us and, and kind of highlighted those different things uh, uh, throughout the week. But this morning we're going to talk about selfishness. And we're going to talk about our selfish, righteous acts. And really how that kind of messes us, messes us up. And, uh, and so we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to get into that. But listen to this. And I, I want this to kind of be the framework of what I, what I talk about here this morning. And this is David. He says this in Psalms 139, uh, verses 23 and 24. He says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you this morning, and Lord, we come before you vulnerable, God. I pray, Lord, that you just search our hearts this morning, Father. I pray that you set aside every distraction. Lord, I pray against every notification from Instagram and Snapchat and all of that, Father. Let that be silenced, and I pray, God, that we would come to you vulnerable. Lord, just like David, God, that you would search our hearts, search our minds, Father. And I pray, Lord, that your word would transform us, God. Lord, that we'd become more and more like you and less and less of like our sinful nature. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you agree with that, say amen like you mean it. All right. All right. Well, uh, here here it is. and, and, And David's prayer really could be paraphrased like this. Is God make me aware? How many of us know that we just have, sometimes we're just unaware of the things that are going on, just naturally who we are, uh, our personalities and things. So God, make me aware. Help me to know whatever offends you. Help me highlight those things so that I can repent and remove it from my life. See, David uh, is known to be a man after God's own heart, and this is really the posture of his heart, is that he wanted to be in right standing with God. Now, this does not make David perfect. Okay, uh, and, and, and I want to tell you this morning that uh, we're, we're going to struggle through life, okay? There's going to be ebbs and flows in lives, and there's going to be tensions in our lives that we have to manage through. But really, our posture should be, God, make me aware, help me to know whatever offends you, and highlight those things quickly so that I can make them right, and so that I could get them out of my life. Uh, I, uh, one commentary said it this way. Uh, he said uh, that we need to take note of the heart of David in this verse, that he wanted to know all of his sins so that he could be delivered from them. Uh, One of the traits of sin, listen to this, one of the traits of sin is to hide man from himself 
And so when we sin, it really kind of hides or shields uh, the reality of our hearts, right? Uh, uh, the prophet says that our hearts are wicked, right? And so sin tries to hide man from, from himself and conceal his deformity to prevent him from forming a true conception of his true condition. And so this is what we talk about when we say that sin kind of sears our heart where we're not able to properly see who we are uh, uh, truly uh, standing before a holy God. But this is the reality that we're all imperfect. We're all imperfect. That should, that, should, uh, that should sting a little bit, but also give a lot of us some relief, okay? So uh, uh, no matter how perfect you think you are, no matter how, uh, uh, how forward-thinking or how planned out you may think you have things figured out, you are not perfect. We've all blown it, and we've all made mistakes. Am I in the, same, am I in the right room this morning? Okay. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, There's no one on earth who does what is right, all the time and never makes mistakes. That, why don't we all just kind of like take a, like, like a, a breath of fresh air or a sigh of relief like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm not the only one that's jacked up, right? I'm not the only one that's jacked up. But this is the reality is that there's these two natures inside of us. It's this new nature. If you're a born-again believer, there's this new nature of the Holy Spirit uh, of God that's in us, that's transforming us. It's this nature to, that we desire to be more and more like Christ. And then there's this old nature. How many of you know about that old nature? It's that old nature that's pulling and tugging on us and wanting us to do what is evil, wanting us to do what is wrong naturally. And here's the, this, this tension, and really it's these two natures that are constantly fighting against themselves. Galatians 5.17 says it this way, the old, the old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants, and the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. How many of you guys have experienced that? These two forces are constantly fighting each other. And so listen, here's, there are all these choices that we make throughout the day, but they're never free from the conflict of these two kind of uh, colliding wants or desires. And so truly, uh, uh, the root of the problem is our selfishness. That's the root of a problem, and, and we're going to see that. We're going to unpack that, and, and my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will highlight this in your life. See, the root of every conflict, the root of every relational strain, the root of, 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 of the things in which uh, that you struggle with every day, uh, uh, most of that, if you look at the root of it, it's self-centeredness or selfishness. What about me? I, I, I heard this term, this is a little cheesy, so I'll preface it with that. But everyone's tuned into a radio station. You want to know what that radio station is? It's W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? That, we're, we're all tuned into that radio station. Whenever there's a proposition, whenever there's an opportunity, whatever it is, we're, always, we're all tuned into what's in it for me. Am I the only one? You guys pray for me, Okay. It's the root of our conflict. It's the root of our, our strain. It's self-centeredness. James 4, 1 and 2 says, do you know where your fights and arguments come from? Look, I'm going to help you out right now. Do you know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that war within you. This is not me telling you, okay? This is, this is James. You want things, but you do not have them, so you argue and you fight, and so listen, if you want to have great relationships with your friends, with your spouse, 
uh, with, with those that are around you. If you're single, I'm going to help out some single people here. If you want to get married, if you desire to have relationship, you have to get this out of you because it all starts inside of you. All of these things start inside of you. There's no external things that are happening. It's a choice that each and every one of us make. It starts in st- inside of us. It does not start with your spouse. Okay, well, because they did this, I, I, I'm going to respond that way. That, that's not where it starts, okay? It doesn't start with your children or with your parents, okay? It doesn't start anywhere else, but it all starts inside you. So this morning, I want to welcome you to Reach Paramount. For those of you that are new here, I I mean, it's tough, but this is the reality. And for us to, how many of us want better relationships in our lives? I mean, we want better relationships. I I, I desire a better relationship every single day with my wife. I desire a better relationship every single day with my children. And so in order for us to do this, we have to see these things. And really this morning, we need to ask God to help us because we all need a major realignment in the way that we think and the way that we perceive things. And so if we're going to have good, healthy, satisfying relationships, we have to change this thing. So let me ask you this question. Uh, Can you do the right thing with the wrong motive? Can you do the right thing with the wrong motive? Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. We, quite honestly, we do this often. Is that we do the right thing so everyone sees it, but inside there's a motive behind it. See, we could do things for people so that we could say like, oh, you owe me now. Now, none of us, are, none of us will ever admit this, okay? So it's okay. Just, just stand there and stare at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> none of us will ever admit this. But we can do things for people so that later we can say, well, you owe me. I did this for you, so you owe me one. Remember. Remember what I did for you. We kind of try to build loyalties that way. It's... You're a scorekeeper. You're a scorekeeper. Am I the only one that does it? Okay. We do things like this. It's crazy. This is, it's crazy. It's what we do. Uh, we buy people gifts for, you know, Christmas or our bir- for birthdays or whatever it is. Uh, we, we buy people gifts. And the expectation is that it's going to be reciprocated. I, at one point, I mean, I did that for you. You're, you're going to do that for me. I invited you here. Why didn't you invite me there? We're scorekeepers. We do things so that people could see what we're doing. We, some of us even serve in ministry so that people could see that you're a good person. Right? And, and we're just tallying it up. God, I did this for you. God, I did that for you. God, I did. And we're telling these things up. This is horrible. It it sets us up for total disappointment. Self-centeredness, listen to this, stains every single thing that we do. Reflect. Reflect. I'm I'm not telling you what you did was self-centered. You reflect on yourself and and you make that judgment. I, 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 uh, I'll I'll just, I'll move on. Every, Every area of our life, is stained by self-centeredness. And if you don't think that's the truth, you are absolutely deceiving yourself. Think about, uh, think, think about this. You think about you more than you think about anything else in this world. The moment you wake up, what do I have to do? 
Why, why do I have to do that? Why, well, all of these different things. How many of you, uh, our Mosaic Conference, how, how many of you guys went to the Mosaic Conference? It was awesome. It was awesome. And uh, I'm going to be honest, okay? So the Mosaic picture, you guys remember the picture? Where it was like a big splash of pictures and then small pictures all over the, all, all over the place. How many of you went and looked for yourself? All of you. That's why you're laughing. Every single one of you, you have no idea, was Pastor Isaac there? Was Pastor Omar there? Was Pastor Rob there? Doesn't matter. Where was I? And if you couldn't find yourself, you're wondering, why is that? It's all about ourselves. You think about yourself all the time. I, I have, uh, let's, let's show that reel. We got the reel? There we go. There's no sound, I guess, but... Look at this. This is awesome. This is, this is great. This is awesome. So this was at our, uh, our Labor Day picnic, and many of you were there. It was a great time. It was awesome. Uh, but when this reel came out on Instagram, how many of you were looking to see if, you're, if you were in that reel? Yeah. I got a couple honest people. You can take it down. This is what I'm talking about. It's natural in us. It's just our very nature to look for ourselves. Like, where am I at? Where am I being highlighted? Where am I? <laughs> Even with people that you say that you love, you're selfish in those relationships. Right? Like, you're... you're you're doing things for people so that it could be reciprocated back to you. I think about this. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Can I be honest with you this morning? You hear, hear the, the uh, self-centered side of Pastor Isaac this morning, if you don't know it already. When, uh, so when we go and get food, right? We go pick up food. Maybe it's a busy day. We pick up food and we come back home. And, uh, and, and we, set it, you know, we set it in the kitchen and, and, and we sit down. Guess what, guess what I do? I go and grab my food, right, set it, set it down, sit down, and, and, and I'm ready, where my wife, God bless you women, you guys are awesome. My, my wife is making sure that everyone is taken care of. She's making sure that there's enough, uh, enough food, everyone's got everything that they need. She sets it all up for the kids and all of that, uh, and I'm like halfway through already. I'm, 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 it's all about me in this moment. I'm hungry. And so it's funny, and we laugh about this, but think about what we do every single day and moment to moment where everything revolves around us. And this is, this is the deception, is that secretly we actually think we're pretty good people. We actually think we're pretty good people. But the very nature of us is corrupt. This is, the Bible says this, okay? So we do the right thing, and we even put a smiley face and appear like we like doing it. How many of you have ever done something that you, like, you have to do it, right? You have to do it, so you put on the front like you like it or you're happy about doing it, but you absolutely hate it. Anybody ever done that? Yes, all of us, okay? See, these self-righteous acts that we do every single day, it's just not enough because God looks at our heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, For the Lord does not see as man sees on the outside. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I think we have a picture here that I want us all to look at. There we go. We didn't like that picture. Decent picture. Okay, so here it is. Uh, so 
Here's this golden apple, and, and you could just imagine that, you know, you're, you're hungry for an apple. I don't know if anybody's ever really hungry for an apple, but if you're hungry for an apple, you desire an apple. You see this apple. It's shiny. It's good. It looks great, but it's rotten on the inside. Anybody ever got something that looks good, and you bit into it, and you realize it's not good? It's, it's rotten. Uh, maybe milk. That's always a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Uh, but this is, kind of, this is kind of how we live our lives, is that we're shiny on the outside, that we look good, we look pleasing, we look pleasant, but in the inside, we're rotten to the core. Jesus told the Pharisees, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the, of the cup and the dish, but inside, you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Oh my gosh. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. So what good would it be for us to wash the outside of a dish? How many of you would... If you came to my house and you saw dirty dishes there and I washed the outside and then served you something to eat or drink and how many of you, you wouldn't take it, right? What good is it for us to do all of these things on the outside and not clean up? It's absolutely worthless. And so we might be able to clean up our behavior on the outside. We might, we might be able to, to make ourselves look good or, or, or follow uh, uh, social standards to a certain degree. But if we're not changed from the inside out, if we're not set free from this self-centeredness that stains everything that we do, then we're failing. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18, the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man or woman, I don't want to, don't want to exclude you, <laughs> unclean. So it's not outward behavior that makes us unclean. It's the stuff that comes out of our heart. See, you could fool everybody else, but God looks at the heart. And so the Bible, the Bible says, the Bible, the Bible says, <laughs> the Bible says that the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. It's a corrupt heart. And so the problem isn't your tongue. You may, you may be able to chop people up with your tongue, but that's not, that's not necessarily the problem. You may have a defensive tongue, a boasting tongue, but all of that is just revealing what's inside of you, what's inside your heart. You see, your mouth betrays what you're really like. You know, has anybody ever said this or said something mean or bad or that you didn't mean in a fit of anger? Anybody ever, ever done that? And then, and then you're like quick, like you backpedal like, oh, I was just mad. I was just angry when I said that. It's a lie. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so that is inside of you. I'm not condemning you, but I'm telling you the truth. That is inside of you. If it came out, it's inside of you. That is exactly who you are. It's exactly who you are. See, because when we're angry in, the fit of, in those moments, uh, the anger starts to pull away 
those different layers that we have, those masks and facades that we have out, out for everyone else. That's why, quite honestly, the people that are closest to us usually get the most fiercest, vile side of us. <laughs> Galatians, Galatians 5, 19, 21, we're talking about self-centeredness. The Bible is very specific about how selfishness expresses itself. It says, the wrong things the sinful self does are clear, being sexually unfaithful. Real quick here, this, this quite honestly is the epitome of selfishness in, in breaking the marriage covenant. When you break the marriage covenant, just the ramifications and the implications of that, not only on your, your relationship with your spouse, but with the children and everyone else, it's, it's just, it's damaging. Goes on to say, hating, making trouble, being jealous, being angry, being selfish, being selfish, making people angry with each other, causing divisions among people, feeling envy, being drunk, and doing other things like these. These are all expressions of self-centeredness, and, and we know that self-centeredness is absolutely destructive. Self-centeredness destroys a lot of things. Self-centeredness or selfishness will destroy families and homes. Self-centeredness will destroy churches. How many of you have, maybe you've been a part of a church where there was a church split because there was some selfishness or self-centeredness, right? Selfishness will destroy nations. You have one ruler that is insane or crazy and thinks that the whole world owes him something, and nations are destroyed. And so the Bible warns us over and over about the dangers of selfishness. Galatians 5, 15 and 16 says this, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful or the selfish nature. And so listen, if you don't get anything else out of this this morning, I want us to get the fact that number one, that we are selfish, that everything we do is stained by our selfishness. And for us to overcome that, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to look at Jesus as the example of a selfless person, a selfless act. We need to look at that, and we need to ask God to make us more and more like Christ. If we don't learn this, if we miss this, listen to me. If you miss this, you will fail in life. Your relationships will fail. Your relationships will be strained. And so this is the thought. I've, I've painted a pretty, a pretty dark picture here. So how do we get over this? How do we, how do we overcome this selfishness that all of us admittedly, admittedly have? Would you agree with that, that we all have this strain of selfishness in us? So how do we get over this thing? Well, one of the ways that we might say is that well, I'm just going to try to be less selfish. How's that working out for you? Well, I'm going to just try real hard now, Pastor Isaac, this week. I'm going to just try really hard. I'm, I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to try really hard. I, I, I want to tell you that that thought of trying harder is not going to work. It, it's just, it, it just, it's not going to work for us. And so how can I be less selfish? How can I live in the Spirit? so I won't fulfill the flesh. This is the thing that I, I, I want to tell you. Uh, see, we have to settle a couple of things or reconcile a couple of things in our lives. We have to see clearly a couple of things in our lives, and we have to seize something 
so that we could become more other-centeredness. We could start thinking about other people more often, that we could start esteeming others higher than ourselves, like the Bible tells us to do. And so this whole thought about, well, I'm just going to try to do this a little bit more often, that's going to fall short. Many of you know the great philosopher Yoda. He says it this way. He says, do. Do or do not. There is no try. It's a choice, guys. You're going to choose to be other-centeredness, consciously choose, I'm going to care for this other person more than I care for myself, or you're going to choose to be selfish. Do or do not, there is no try. So trying doesn't work, and it takes more than human effort. How many of you could say that you've tried to build or fix your marriage relationship for many, many years? Don't answer that. But you've tried really hard. You've tried to fix relationships, maybe friendships that have been strained. You've tried to do that for a long time, and where has that gotten you? So trying's not going to work. Ultimately, we're just going to become more frustrated and discouraged, and probably even more distant from God. And so because self-righteousness or trying or acts are of legalism, of human effort, they fall short and actually create a barrier between us and God. And so human effort, trying, all of those different things, it's going to fall short. What we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning we need some serious spiritual surgery in our hearts and our lives and allow the Holy Spirit to come into us and help us. And so the first thing that I have to do is I have to settle. Say settle. settle. Say settle like you mean it. Settle. I need to settle some things in my life. The first thing I need to do is settle my sinful nature. We have to reconcile this, team. We have to understand that we are sinful by nature. We wake up in the morning and we are evil. That's just who we are. It's just part of our, part of our DNA. And so we have to settle and reconcile that I am sinful, that I am naturally, I am selfish, and I have to be conscious of this and take steps to not be that way. This is the starting point to fully and freely admit how selfish we really are. We don't even realize it half the time. It's just natural in me. 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So you're not deceiving God. You're deceiving yourself if you're saying, if you're sitting there this morning saying, I don't know what this guy is talking about. I'm not really that bad. That is the deception of sin. And so even the good things that we do, we have these personal motivations behind them. And so like I said, if you want a better relationship, then you're going to have to ask God for a deeper awareness or understanding of your selfishness. We need to pray, God, throughout this week, in every interaction that I have with my spouse, my friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, child, whatever it is, help me highlight those things. Highlight the selfishness in, in, in my life. Make me aware, like, like David prayed, make me aware of these things so that I can repent of them and get them out of my life. Everything that I do, even the good things, help me to be, be more aware because I'm not aware and I'm just naturally selfish all the time. See, we need to have this spiritual sensitivity. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in these moments in our lives that God could highlight these things in us and say, hey, right here, you're wrong. I'm curious, don't answer this, but 
How often do you hear the Holy Spirit whispering to you that you are wrong in a situation, but you're so pig-headed, stubborn, whatever it is that I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna give in. Like we're winning or losing something here. God help me to understand this. Psalms 139, 23, 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. When he says try me, it's test me. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. We know that the Bible tells us to examine ourselves in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, 28. And so this is it, is that we have to settle the fact that we are sinful by nature in our lives and reconcile this. The second thing that we have to settle is the fact that there is disappointments in our lives. How many of you have been disappointed? If, you, if you've not been, been disappointed, you're not living. There's disappointments. I've, I've experienced disappointment after disappointment. I've, I've experienced tragedy. Anybody experienced tragedy in your life? We have to settle these things that life is not fair. We have to reconcile that these things are a part of life. And so what does disappointments have to do with self-centeredness? See, we can't deal with our selfishness without dealing with our disappointments. And Jesus never, never sugarcoated this. Jesus always told the truth on this. In John 16, here it is, right here. Help us settle it right now. In the world, you will have trouble. Done. If you're experiencing trouble, don't be surprised. Jesus said that in this world, you will, not might, not maybe, not perhaps, you will have trouble in this world. Another way to say that is you will be disappointed in this world. And so many of us are, were surprised by this or were caught off guard that life isn't fair and nobody ever said that it was going to be. Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. And so I want to be honest with you about these disappointments that you've had in your life. And if you would just for a moment just kind of think about this. All those things that you've experienced in your life. Those disappointments. Maybe someone's failed you. Maybe someone's left you. Maybe someone's abandoned you. Maybe you've been rejected or abused or whatever it is. All of these disappointments are a part of life. Now, I don't minimize them. In my life, I've experienced tragedy. Okay, I, I've experienced tragedy in my life. And, and so I empathize with those that have, have hurt, real hurt, that are carrying real burden. I empathize with that. But what I want us to do this morning is not, is not necessarily act like that never happened, but settle those things in our spirit reconcile those things in our spirit that this is a part of a broken world. This is what it is. And reconcile these things. See, sometimes we're, we're afraid of disappointments and so we live our lives in a way that we're trying to protect ourselves or insulate ourselves all the time. And life isn't always what it, what it was expected to be. And I, I believe that really part of, part of our disappointments are, are kind of self-imposed in where we have unrealistic expectations of life. You have unrealistic expectations of people 
in our relationships. Now, I want to tell you that if you expect people, a person, to fulfill all that you need in this life, you are going to be sorely disappointed consistently. There are certain things in our lives that can only be satisfied by God. Husband, wife, if you feel like your wife is not fulfilling you, I'm here to tell you that only God could give you the satisfaction or the fulfillment that you're looking for. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, I, I, I have a problem with drinking or drugs. This is what helps to make me feel complete or fulfilled or feel uh, satisfied. I'm here to tell you that that's a brokenness in your life and there's only one thing that's ever going to give you complete satisfaction and that's being completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Some of us are profoundly disappointed in our spouses. You thought one thing. You thought life was going to look one way, and it doesn't. You're profoundly disappointed in your spouse, and you've not settled that. Some of us are profoundly disappointed in our children. Maybe you had some expectations for your kids. They were supposed to be the straight-A student. They were supposed to be captain of the football team. You were supposed to be able to relive your glory days through your children. I'll tell you, I, I grew up playing baseball, and my thought was that my children were going to be studs. I put one of them in t-ball, and I realized that's just not their thing. It's okay. It's all right. But listen, parents, unrealistic expectations. Now, we'll never, we'll never say this stuff. We'll never admit it. I'm saying it for you, okay? But we can't relive our glory days through our children, okay? We, we, we can't do that, and we can't allow disappointment to direct us in one way or the other. See, we have all of these different, all of these disappointments. Friends have disappointed us. I want us to settle these things because life is disappointing. And so why should we settle these, dis, these, these disappointments, unrealistic expectations, and ultimately the root of it is self-centeredness? For the sake of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move, I'm going to move on here. The, the, so we need to settle that we're sinful. We need to settle our disappointments. The third thing that we need to do is we need to see the hope of heaven. We need to see, we need to shift these things and see the hope of heaven. See, selfishness is always rooted in the here and now. What, what's going on now? How can it work out for me now? And when we think this way, we shortchange ourselves and we lose sight that there's glory for us on the other side of this natural world. See, if we're living just for the, for the here and now, I want to tell you, and maybe even give you the release, if there's no heaven, if there's no hell, go and live your life however you want. Why are you trying to do the right things? Why are you trying to make, make it look good? Right? Just, you might as well just go get drunk, go slam some speedballs and, and YOLO, right? I mean, just, just go for it. 
We have to focus our vision and clearly see that there's a glory waiting for us, that this world is not our home, that this is not the end time, this is not the end game here. Is that we're living and we're seeing and we're looking towards something that's greater. See, right now what we're doing is, it's like a dress rehearsal. We are, God is preparing us, molding us, and shaping us to be more and more like Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 19 and 30 says, uh, 32 says, if our hope in Christ is good only for this life, we are worse off than anyone else. If there will be no resurrection from the dead, and if there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. King Solomon said that everything is meaningless and it's all vanity. If all we're living for is this life and this world, everything is vain. All of your good works, all those good little deeds that you're doing, it's all for nothing. See, many of us, we see people that are broken and, 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 and they have no hope. But I'm here to tell you that we are living for greater hope. We're living for this promise in which God has given us that there's a place that, that Jesus has gone and prepared a place for us. And because of that, that allows us to kind of settle in and to see and to be more focused and to be more sensitive to what God is trying to do in us. See, there's more to life than just the here and now. And when we live for right now, that I'm happy now, that I have pleasure now, that I have the possessions now, that we're impatient and selfish and all these different things, we're going to live like selfish fools. We're going to break, we're going to break things, we're going to hurt people, and it's going to be a mess. But when we see the hope of heaven, then that changes everything. It changes my priorities, and it changes my perspectives, and I'm going to look to see the clearly the glory that's set before me. The next thing that we have to do is we have to see God's grace. See, oftentimes our selfishness kind of blinds us from the goodness of God and the grace of God. And the fact is this, is that you're not owed anything. Quite honestly, if we got what we're owed, according to the Bible, if you believe that the Bible is the written word of God and, and the truth, the absolute truth, what we deserve is damnation and hell eternally. That's what we deserve. And so selfishness puts us in a place where we, we think we deserve all of these good things. We think we deserve to be treated right. We think we deserve justice and all of these different things. But truly what we need to see is that God has been gracious to me. And because God has been gracious to me, because I understand the goodness of God in my life, that I'm able to not be selfish anymore, set those, selfishness, those selfish tendencies aside and say, you know what, God, you've been good to me, you've been, grac you've been gracious to me, and because of that, as a response to that goodness, I'm going to be other-centeredness. I'm going to be selfless, just like you. See, God's grace helps us to see these things clearly. How many of you can see the grace of God in your life? I think about, I say this often, I say this often is I look at my life and I see the goodness and the grace of God. I look at my family and I see the goodness and the grace of God. And I, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm overwhelmed by the goodness and the grace of God in my life. And so we need to see the goodness and the grace of God in our lives. You see, it's, it's as, I'm, as, as I'm talking this morning and I'm laying, at, laying this out and I'm calling us selfish, 
it starts to, it, it could really start to discourage us. We could start to become kind of uh, a hopeless in that and, and realizing I'm just lost in my selfishness. But I have good news for you. See, everything that you've done is stained by sin. Everything that I've done is stained by sin. But the good news is that everything we've done, God is willing to forgive. Everything that we've done, I could clearly see the grace of God. Because everything that I've done in this life is stained by sin. But God willfully forgives these things. When we blow it, when we fall short, God is always willing to forgive me. Where sin increases, grace increases. My goodness. Where sin increases, grace increases. How is that possible? It's the scandal of grace. It's the goodness of God. It's that we were a broken people, hopeless, dead in our sins. And because God loved us, because God is gracious, he gave his life as a ransom for us. It's the scandal of grace, guys. It's the scandal of grace. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Colossians 2.14, God canceled our debt, which listed all the rules we failed to follow. He took away that record with its rules, the scorekeeping, and nailed it to the cross. How many of you are thankful? My gosh. Jesus paid it all. He paid the penalty of sin. The last thing that I, I want to encourage you this morning, we have to settle our disappointments. We have to settle our sin nature. We have to reconcile those things. We have to see the glory of God. We have to see the hope of God. We have to see the grace of God in our lives. And the last thing we have to do is seize the Holy Spirit. Chase after the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's guiding and direction, prompting Paul said to the Galatians, live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of, the, of, the, of selfish, sinful nature. It doesn't say you won't have those desires. It doesn't say that you won't be tempted. It says that you won't fulfill them. We are selfish by nature. If we are sensitive, if we are seizing, if we're chasing after the Holy Spirit, we won't fulfill the desires of our flesh. We'll be tempted. We'll have the urge. But the power of the Holy Spirit will empower us to do the right thing. I want to ask you two questions as we close here. In Galatians, there's the fruit of the Spirit and the, the fruit of the flesh. And the fruit of the flesh is living selfishly, hating, making trouble, being jealous, getting angry, getting selfish, making people angry with us, divisions, envy, all of that. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self-control. Which of those two lists describe you most of the time? The second question is, which one do you want to represent your life, your relationships? And so this morning, I'm going to ask you if you would bow your head and close your eyes with me. 
See, ultimately what I'm saying here this morning is that we need a new heart. We need a heart adjustment. We need a realignment in our priorities. We need a realignment. And like I said, we got to settle the fact that we are sinful. We got to just settle that. We have to understand that naturally I'm a selfish person. Okay, God, I, I, I understand that naturally I am. I have to settle the fact that there's going to be disappointments and that does not justify me to act crazy. I have to settle it. Jesus said in this world there will be troubles and so because of that I know that I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm, I'm settling that this morning. I have to see that I have hope in Christ. I have to see that there's hope of glory. I have to see that clearly. I have to see the goodness and the grace of God in my life. And the last thing I have to do is I have to seize the Holy Spirit. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to come into my life and help me and empower me. And so this morning, I, I want to give a call. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're first time here. Maybe uh, you've been coming for some time. But as I've been talking, and I understand that this morning was a rough message, but uh, we say something around here. We say that uh, uh, it's a truth and grace kind of thing where uh, there's a lot of grace, and sometimes it's the truth that helps us, and it's the truth that sets us free. And so maybe this morning, you've experienced truth, and you realize, my goodness, I need to get some things right in my life. And maybe you're here this morning, and, and you would say, I'm not living for God. I'm, I'm not walking with the Lord. I've not, I'm not actively in an active relationship with Jesus. I don't, I don't call Jesus Lord of my life. I, I, I don't do that. If you're here this morning, and that's you, and you say, you know what, I, I, need, I need to get my life right. I need, to, I need to surrender my selfishness and ask God to help me and to forgive me. If you're here this morning and you want to respond to that, I want you just to, to lift your hand just real quick all across this room. Hands going up quickly. I see the hand. Thank you. A anybody else? I need the Lord in my life. I need, I need to get this thing right. I'm kind of messed up here. Anybody else? Just put your hand up real quick want to move quickly already hands that have gone up just one more time anybody say I, I need to get these things right I need to reconcile these things I need to settle these things in my life anybody else got another hands other hands going up praise God I'm going to ask you if you if you raise your hand you can put your hand down thank you if you raise your hand I want you to just without thinking I, I want you to get out of your seat and just come meet me right here come on just, just get up out of your seat just come meet me right here we, we want to pray Come on, give them a hand. Honest people, honest hearts this morning. Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. Amen. Honest hearts. Can we pray real quick? Come on, church. Just, just reach your hand forward. I'm going to lead, I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer. Maybe you know, know this already. I've done this before, but this is the grace of God that God is willing to forgive us. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you would repeat it after me. We're saying this prayer to the Lord, not, not to me, but say this. Say, Father, forgive me for all of my selfishness help me by your spirit to remove it from my life I make you Lord of my life forgive me of my sin wash me clean that I can walk in the freedom of you in Jesus name we pray amen amen if you would just pray just, just pray Father I just thank you Lord
just stand, stand with me here this morning? And I want to, I want to give an opportunity to respond, not to me, not to what, what we preached about this morning, but I want you to respond to the Holy Spirit. I want you to seize the moment and where the Holy Spirit has highlighted you, maybe in relationships, maybe, I'm going to be honest, maybe some of us need to go and apologize to our spouse. Maybe we need to apologize to our children. Maybe that's got to happen. But I want to open the altars. I want to give you an opportunity. Come in, come in, come on, come and reconcile. Come and settle some of these things with the Lord. Come on, get out of your seat. They're going to lead us in worship. We're going to pray. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.